get back to Sports and Torts with David Spada and Elliot Harris on TalkZone.com. Well, the, the, the story goes that the Southern Methodist University, which had Dope Walker as a big star, uh, <laughs> wanted to have a meeting to, to protest your and Denny Hoggard's participation, and that the, the team captain, Steve Suey, is said to have said, we are Penn State, there will be no meetings. Yeah, he said the other way around. Okay. Because <laughs> the guys didn't want those meetings anyhow. You know, we were, we, we, they were meetings that we, that was involved football, not us. And, uh, but this idea came up because the, the, the uh, collegian, which was the newspaper here at Penn State, the college, uh, uh, newspaper, they were, uh, bringing it up and, and hinting about it, more or less. And so some of the guys weren't even aware of it. But when they said that, uh, you know, we're going to meet to, to decide, and that's when, uh, uh, Steve, who was the, uh, at that time was the, uh, the captain. I, I didn't, I didn't know, uh, I never did understand where they got him as always the captain because we could trade off on captains. But anyhow, he mentioned that, uh, uh, remember, we're Penn State, and we had already established because of Miami that what our position was. So that was the reason he said, well, we don't have to meet, and the guys were thankful for that because we were, had other things to do, and uh, and that's where the term came from. And, and then we went to, uh, to uh, Dallas, and as I said, another significant thing about it was what I got uh, presented a, um, as all the guys, we got these Texas, uh, Stetson hats. And I used to get them. I said, you know, Stetson, well, see, uh, America at that time, every gentleman and everybody who was a man wore a hat. See? And that was up to uh, Kennedy. Right. And he he brought in the thing that uh, you know they didn't wear. He didn't wear a hat, and and that uh, that was his thing then. But until then, you you wore suits. You always uh, uh, tried to be dressed. You wore a suit. You wore a tie. You shined your shoes, and you wore a hat. And that was uh, that was just what it was all about. And uh, so when the um, when the issue came up, and it was just a foregone conclusion, and decided, and everybody went along with it, and said that's what we're going to do, and uh, they accepted it, and they had to do a lot of stuff to prepare for us, and that's that's what a lot of people aren't aware of that it was upon them. When I say upon them, it was upon. Um, Southern Methodists to uh, to say we'll uh, allow this because it was a state uh, property at Cotton Bowl was uh, I found out was state property and that's where we were going to play and so I had to get the agreement with the state delegation or something down there to uh, allow that and the fact that uh, because of what we were doing 
there was no discrimination, and they made ordinances in the city of uh, Dallas that that would be okay. And uh, so, where did the team end up staying for the Cotton Bowl? At the um, at, at the uh, Cotton Bowl in uh, Dallas. We stayed at the Navy base. It was an air station there, and so that was a federal thing, and we had to get the the okay from the United States uh, Navy, and uh, not we had to do it. Dallas had to do this, and uh, Southern Methodists had to do this, and uh, they were the ones that did it. And uh, because we had already established ourselves that this is what we are, we 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 we're Penn State. We don't, uh, and so it was in the hands of Dallas, really, to. Uh, go through all their ordinances and and, uh, and things and some of it was fun and some of it was serious that the guys didn't like about it because it put restrictions on them you see and they went along with it but at the same time they were letting you know uh, letting, uh, you know that uh, they didn't like it because they were some a lot of Navy uh, not Navy but a lot of um uh, the fellows were return veterans mm-hmm. at that time, and uh, they were grown men. You know, they didn't want to be treated as boys, and they were grown men, and they didn't like the idea either. And because they just came back from a war, right? And uh, and uh, here they're going to find uh, discrimination and stuff in their own own country. So uh, that was uh, that was. Uh, uh, again, as I said, this is one of the significant things that just happened to fall in my lap at the time that uh, we were there, you know, and that's... And then you had a pretty good game yourself. You caught the, the tying touchdown, <laughs> and then yeah, you had a, a touchdown-saving tackle. Oh, yeah, we had that. We were a good defensive club. You know, we didn't allow anybody to do anything. Then I, I, I used to kid Doe Walker about it. And when I met with, with him when in, in 1950, he came up to uh, the Lions. And uh, I always remembered I, I, could, I had faked him out. And I could have done it earlier. But, uh, in fact, I was telling the, uh, our tailback, uh, a kid that was uh, acting as the, what they call a quarterback now, but uh, we used the tailback as the, uh, the the back that was the that did all the uh, passing and did all the handing off and everything else. And um, I had set him up, and I I said to uh, we were behind. See, we were behind, and uh, time was running down out of the third quarter. And at the halftime meeting, I told. Uh, this kid Petro, I said, you know, I got this kid, uh, uh, this number 37, I got him. <laughs> I've got him. He's, he, I said, I got him so he don't know which way to go. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, uh, we get in the third quarter, end of the third quarter, and here we're behind 13-7. And so, uh, I got pitched to call that play for me, and I gave him a fake out, and I was open and scored the touchdown. And uh, it was a tying touchdown, 
and then we had to kick the extra point, and, and uh, we missed it. And the people asked me, did you about it? And I said, I didn't see the darn thing because we had to block, you know. <laughs> yeah, we, we blocked one of those things. And, uh, uh, but, um, that was, that was, uh, another, as I said, significant thing that came up when Dope came in because he was a real nice guy. And I liked playing with him and, uh, uh, but I, I used to kid him about that. I, I said I'd set him up good, and uh, sure enough, the uh, thing was open, and that was the uh, the tying touchdown. And he told me later, when I first met him, he said to me, said, and uh, Texas Joe, I said, Wally, he said, you know what? I'm glad it was, and he said, I'm glad it was a tie. And, uh, and he was serious about it because them Dallas Texans were... Upset about the fact that it tied him. <laughs> they would have run. They would have run him and the rest of the team out of town. Oh man! Or worse yet, <laughs> yeah. I'm in town. <laughs> and, and, yeah. So uh, it was. Um, it was just the. Um, just so happened that uh, that he came to, to the Lions, and uh, and a lot of the other Texas boys came to the Lions too. That. Uh, Floyd Box, he was a great kid, and uh, Bobby Lane, he came here in, in '50, and uh, I have a picture of him. That, uh, that uh, in fact, that's one of my biggest uh, things that people write me about having that, and I said, yeah, I got it on. It cost sixty dollars, you know. I told him, okay, they they like it, and I said because I don't have to explain which one I am, you know. <laughs> Yeah, the picture the picture tells a story. It's worth a and thousand. I've got a couple of them. It's worth a thousand words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I usually give that to uh, to uh, when I talk to people. I show them that, and there are people who say, "Which one are you?" <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I'm I'm standing right there next to Bobby Lane. And uh, did he have a drink? Uh, did he have a drink in his hand? Who? Bobby Lane, did he have a drink in his hand? Drink in the event? No, did he Bobby have a drink? Did he have a drink in his hand in the picture? Because he liked to drink. Oh well, he, he, not to the extent that he was, you know, like they like to say. He he was a good time. Bobby was a good time guy, and he had come out of New York and he had played with Buddy Young in New York, and uh, he had they had good times in New York. And he just transferred him over to Detroit when he came. And uh, and uh, he used to uh, he used to uh, have his his times. And in fact, he got pulled in <laughs> for uh, for uh, what the uh, police officers say they thought he was uh, was uh, you know thought he was drunk. And the uh, judge said no. He said after listening to Bobby talk. He said, no, he just won them Texans. <laughs> and uh, he said, you know, on his way home, he would just won them Texans. And uh, and so they, uh, so he, he uh, got out of that, got out of that jam, but the guys used to kid him about it because he would walk down in what we call the Black Bottom then, which is no longer here in Detroit. It's all gone now. In fact, all the places where they had good times are gone. And but he was a, a 
a lot of the guys that knew him down there, they knew him in in the Black Bottom better than they knew me. And um, for for uh, people was, for people who are unfamiliar with Black the Black Bottom, can you explain what that was back in the day? Well, to, well I'll tell you where it is. It's where the football field is now. Oh, yeah, it's where that big stadium is now. That was that was right there on Hastings Street, and um, there was a, I could name some streets there, but uh, that was that's where there was a Negro section of Detroit, and that's that's what Detroit was, and as America was, you know, back then, and they had a lot of the Southerners had come up to work in the plants and all, and so you had this discrimination, and. Uh, but you made a lot of uh, benefit out of it because you got work, you know. And when Ford was hiring, he hired everybody. And it was, so it was good times. And Bobby used to take advantage of it. Not advantage of it, but he was a good time guy. And and he was bringing that New York style over to uh, Detroit. Did you realize the significance when you were drafted in the 19th round? When the draft went? Did you realize the significance when you were drafted by the Lions in the 19th round? Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, the rounds didn't mean anything. I mean, didn't, uh, I, I remember they always said it was uh, 19th of something. You know, it was important. I, I was I was drafted along with another kid named Talaferro from the Big Ten. From and, Indiana. Yeah, and he... Um, wanted to go for the bigger money and uh and so he elected to go to uh uh one of the uh competing american league teams the a- afc teams right american football conference teams and uh and i did you know my, my in fact my dad <laughs> said he, when he got the letter saying that i was um going to be uh, when I was selected uh, and uh, he worked in the post office that time for $3,600 a year and he sent me a letter saying I could play uh, uh, football and uh, they would pay me $4,800 plus they give me $200 transportation fee and my dad said, sign that letter, boy. <laughs> you know? Uh, he said, here they're going to pay you to play. He said, he, he worked uh, uh, all year and only got $3,600. All my family were postal people. We all worked in the post office. I worked in it myself for uh, Christmases. And, uh, and it was sort of a joke, but... He said, don't let that get by. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. oh, we got, uh, you know, some of those hits that we had that back then. I look at all this equipment, these kids now, and they're arguing about it. You know, they're fussing about the uh, protective equipment. But uh, you, you get those stings, and they uh, come on you every once in a while. And that's what's uh, making this interview probably messed up your whole schedule. No, that's but, great. Uh, but uh, it's uh, it's it just comes on now every once in a while. I 
have to remind myself what did I say and and who did I promise and things like that. You probably got hit a couple of times by uh, Chuck Benarik. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was a great one. Yeah. He, he couldn't shake hands with him all. Why? Yeah. Huh? Why was that? His fingers. They were all gnarly. Yeah, I got, I got some of them on myself. But, you know, back then you used to get these, uh, we call them, uh, uh, stingers. And you'd get in the huddle. And some of it was just to pull the, uh, fingers back in joints. Out of the joint. And, uh, it was, uh, it was just something that, uh, he had being the center and everything. But we, uh, we beat him. And that was a big thing. See, all those guys came out of they came uh, all everything, and uh, but each one was somebody that uh, we beat, and uh, and he was that way. They they got a trophy for him. I think they, they have a. Uh, a uh, he was he was a tough guy, but uh, we could uh, we could handle him. The guys we had could handle him and. Uh, and did so. Um, that was that was the biggest crowd too they ever had. You know that uh, later on I, I found the uh, the fact that they were trying this thing called television, and they uh, trying to try it out. And but I have a news clipping showing that it was the largest crowd ever uh, ever assembled, and uh, the way they were trying to get this. Uh, stuff called television is uh, uh, something they work with, you know, on sports, and and uh, as I said, we ended up beating them. So that was the big thing. In fact, a lot of those trophies that they hand out, you know, were on teams that uh, that when I was at Penn State, we beat them. You know, Fordham, they hand out the. Uh, uh, Trophy for uh, a Fordham, and uh, which was a big school back then, and we beat Fordham. Had a good day there, and uh, and the same way with the uh, the Navy, the same way with uh, uh, Pennsylvania University of Pennsylvania, and uh, Temple University was a school that we beat. <laughs> And, uh, uh, it was, um, it was a, um, funny thing because I used to work for, uh, uh, the stable manager when they, when it was a, uh, a, uh, riding stable down in, uh, Oak Lane, a section of your, your wife would know where it is, uh, called Oak Lane. They had riding academy. And I was a, a outrider that I would take a group out and just walk them around different things and areas, and uh, and I would work for um, for the stable manager. And uh, I remember we get fifty cents a day, and uh, all the oats we could eat, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and the uh, the. And I, I had to walk them because you're not allowed to run those horses, see. And, and we, we all know the 
lot of the women women wanted to ride and you know act like cowboys and see that had to keep them in line. Did your teammates so, did your teammates accept you in the NFL with the Lions and Cardinals? Yeah, the Cardinals were where Holly um, Matson, you know, was right, and Holly Matson was one of the great ball players, and um, yeah, they. Uh, when they say accept, you know, it was business then. See, it was a little serious business. But, uh, it wasn't the, it wasn't a camaraderie and it wasn't the uh, spirit that you had in college. But it was, uh, it was, you know, a case of, uh, of where, uh, they're going to accept you because you can help them and try to help them win something. And so that's the way they looked at it, and, and uh, that's the way it was. Do you remember your Do you remember your game in 1950 at the Los Angeles Coliseum when you returned four kickoffs for 294 <laughs> yards and a touchdown? Uh, <laughs> that's yeah. a record that lasted 44 years. Yeah. How How was that? Yeah, it was one of those days that you come upon that everything gets uh, goes your way. You know, it was, um, it was, uh, oh, I, I know what happened because I had met the, uh, the, uh, the kicker for the LA, uh, oh, geez. I had, had met him at a, a get together they had down in the uh, Negro section of LA there. And, uh, I kidded him about the fact that, uh, uh, he got wise and after a while, after we, he he wouldn't kick the ball to my side. See, I was I was I was lined up as the deep left back, and uh, and after I had those lucky returns, he he finally ended up kicking the ball over to the right side. So it was just a, one of those lucky days. But it was a case when I met him and we talked about it. We used to kid and laugh about it, but. He said uh, they were just slow getting down the cover, and I just took advantage of it a few times and uh, ended up getting a. Uh, oh, I tell you what, uh, was uh, it was the kicker Bob Waterfield or Norm Van Bracklin? No, the kicker was um, a kid from uh, uh, Jesus, going out of my head now. But uh, no, they didn't do the kicking. Okay. They, uh, yeah, no. Uh, Bob Waterfield, uh, <laughs> I met Jane Russell through, through Bob Waterfield. And, uh, because she wanted to meet me. And, uh, and we had a joke about it, you know, because she was a movie star. And, uh, and uh, Woody Strobe was going into the movies at that time, too. He was a, a ball player there for the LA. And we had a, uh, we tried to keep them up, but they, they beat us. And so that was the thing that, uh, that I always tell people, yeah, they, they say I had the records and stuff like that. I said, but we lost the game. And, uh, you know, I said, that's, that's the thing that hurts. And, and that was, that's the thing people, uh, very often don't, don't remember. See what was the outcome? The outcome was that we lost the game. Yeah, but do you know how many people, how many men in America would have died to have met Jane Russell? 
<laughs> yeah. It's cold, it's like, man. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. She, she told us because of that day, you know, they had, that was one of the stadiums. That was a, a you know, the big stadium at that time. It was the biggest one in America. But they had, the, like, the dressing rooms like they have now for the, the players where you can have a, a fresh thing. And uh, and uh, so she insisted that, uh, that you know, we uh, that she had an opportunity to come in and, and see us. And uh, so that's how I met her. And... Uh, it was a it was a funny thing because they made a big thing out of this this uh, movie that she was uh, uh, you know she was well built and everything and they made a big deal out of it and that wouldn't even that that wouldn't be anything today you know mm-hmm. and, uh, no it was that was nothing she just laughed and and uh, and. Uh, Bob Ward, he was good. He was good guy about it, and and uh, but but he, what she did was she arranged to have us come in into this uh, office in the um, in the stadium, and that's where I met her. And and uh, she she was kidding. She she was kidding uh, Waterfield more than me because she was saying that uh, you. She was telling Robert, you, 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 you would, you're going to get beat. And she said, and, uh, we laughed about it and all, but that was the extent of what was, I guess, the beginning of these interviews that they allowed when you were a big time. And then, uh, I had met also Woody Strode, see, and he, he, um, caught a pass over me and, uh, Although I was climbing on him pretty good, he caught a pass over me. But uh, he went into the movies later on, anyhow. Uh, you heard of Woody Strode? Yes. Probably haven't. And uh, he was the uh, defensive. Uh, oh, he was an end at uh, for the Rams. And uh, he played later on. He went into movies and played uh, Tarzan. He was with the Tarzan. Uh, uh, series that used to come out every week at the movie theater, Tarzan, and he was uh, Tarzan in the Apes, and he was Tarzan's right hand man, you know. And that was the start of uh, the guys getting into the movie business. Did you know that? I didn't know that about Tarzan. I I, I knew. I didn't know that. Tarzan the Apes. <laughs> every every weekend we uh, you know we um, uh it's one of these side jobs that you have that guy had uh I was also an usher at the at the movie theater see here at right, uh, right on Cheltenham uh avenue in what they call Erland uh park here in Pennsylvania and um we used to uh I did it more or less just to get to see the Cowboys, Cowboy <laughs> movies. And uh, along with that was uh, Woody Strode playing uh, Tarzan and the Apes. And uh, that was a Saturday feature. <laughs> Your bell's ringing. 
if if people want to get your autograph and pay for it and pictures and things like that, what's the best way to contact you? Okay, you got your uh, pencil there because here it is, the uh, box, uh, PO box three eight four three three. Detroit, Michigan, four eight two three eight. Okay, and address it to uh, to Wally Triplett. Wally Triplett, yeah. And um, I have different um, things that I have different prices for, and that's the way I've got my guy doing it. And uh, it was. Uh, I have a list of what I've made out of what I call mom. And uh, people think it's my uh, something to do with my mother, but it wasn't. But it's, it's moments of memorabilia that they captured on on uh, paper or on newspapers or whatever. And so that's what I make a, a thing out of it and different prices of them. So if you want, I'll send you to mom and then you can pick out what you want because it, it is has some significance to it now when you look in light of what's going on today and uh, as to what they're doing uh, to uh, to even uh, come close to what we did back when, uh, you know, the game was was played differently. It was uh, no, you're abs- a more rough time. Yeah. You're absolutely right. People talk about Jackie Robinson with baseball, but they forget you, what you did in football, being one of the first black players, and they forget Earl Lloyd in basketball. Yeah. Well, another kid in basketball well, out of Pennsylvania was the first uh, Negro to um, play basketball, professional basketball. He played up on the hill in, in Pittsburgh there. But... Um, yeah, we we used to talk about it, you know, and the kid about it more or less because Buddy Young was a guy that that was uh, uh, really he would get on Jackie about different things, see. And as I said, that uh, I had a thing. In fact, I bought a a book about Jackie Robinson. I read it all, but uh, because it's a whole lot of uh, uh, stuff that. Politics got into it, but he always said to me, he said, you know, that uh, that Tepsic being my buddy, he said that uh, he he could have uh, he he could have uh, gotten into the game a little earlier, but I told him no, I said it wasn't going to allow you in, and that's the way it worked. It, uh, but he never forgave me because. Uh, because of the fact that Tepsic, uh, uh, kept him out one year. See, Jackie signed the contract to play, uh, baseball in 1945. He actual, uh, first uh, signature he had. And then, um, in 1946, uh, he was, uh, up in, up in Montreal, mm-hmm. and that's what his contract was to go to Montreal. But my buddy Tepsic uh, was signed to Brooklyn, and he um, he uh, was signed to the parent company, Brooklyn, because he had a heck of a year, and uh, Joe Tepsic did. 
And so um, Branch Rickey signed right to uh, Brooklyn with no cut. And so when the uh, Cardinals and the Dodgers met up that year in '46, and uh, he uh, he wanted Tepsic to go down so they could bring Robinson up from Montreal, and Tepsic told him no. He said he ain't going anywhere. That uh, you know that. Uh, he, he was his contract called for him to be with the team, and he, he stayed. Then he quit after that. But uh, but that was the uh, that was the deal that went down where Jackie was held off a whole year and didn't come into uh, uh, pro uh, baseball really until 1947. So. Uh, and they write it up. They write a lot of stuff up. It was wrong. They even had those numbers back. Because I used to kid him in that they, they, uh, people were purchasing his number 42. And uh, it wasn't actually his number that he, he wanted. He, he was 28. Uh, he said to, you know, she said, some people buy anything. Let it go but and, and he wasn't a good pinnacle player because he he was so cocky. See, he believed he uh, Jackie always believed he could uh, outbid you, and uh, you know, and and uh, so when we used to play pinnacle, we would uh, let him take the lead. See, and he never would would uh, he would never uh, uh, make it, and so he had to play the table thing. And uh, you know anything about pinnacle? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a friendly card game that you yeah. can. Back then, we could lose five dollars if you were, were, uh, you were had a bad day, or you could pick up five dollars if you had a good day. You're only paying for twenty-five cent and fifty cent, you know. Exactly. But, uh, but Jackie uh, was so cocky, you know. He'd always overbid. See, so uh, I'd always let him overbid. And uh, when he would lose, then you have to pay the table. Oh, okay. Yeah. He could afford it. <laughs> well, yeah. He wasn't making that much money. No. No, in fact, he, he didn't get, uh, I think I, I, I can't say. I, I, some of that stuff, I, I, I could have. Uh, but but I, think I, 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 I think I, I think I had. Outbid him one time, and uh, we played at the uh, Gotham Hotel here in Detroit when that was a big time, the Gotham, and uh, it was uh, where it was where the uh, all the uh, athletes and and fellows used to get together every once in a while in the winter, and we would play and and talk and and. You know, make it out, make it like it was better than it was. <laughs> <laughs> I tell people, the older I get, the better I was. Well, that wraps up an hour with our interview guest, Wally Triplett. I would like to thank him and our executive producer, Dave Olson. This has been Sports and Torts on TalkZone.com. Tune in again next time. 